Finn Maniacs listeners, I'm Hassan Patel with my co-host Brandon Logori. And, you know, this was the first Sunday where we didn't have any football. And it was kind of weird. You know, I was twiddling my thumbs, scratching my head. What to do today? And then I realized, you know, it's just a chill day. You know, I can relax, watch some film, do a little bit of scouting since, you know, Brandon and I have our own scouting podcast. So, Brandon, I got to ask you, man, how was your Sunday? You know, my first Sunday without the NFL, it was it was kind of it was kind of boring at first because you know I'm so I'm so accustomed to waking up at seven eight o'clock in the morning to watch NFL game day morning or That's NFL the best. countdown, you know, and and you know you're you're just patiently waiting for the one p.m. slate of games to kick off. So the first Sunday without football, I actually was watching the Michigan Ohio State college basketball game, which I'm. I guess you could say I'm kind of a big college basketball guy, but I'm not necessarily a, a guru when it comes to college basketball. I won't really necessarily sit in front of the TV and watch it for hours like I do with, with the National Football League. I mean, during the NFL season, my eyes were literally glued to the TV from 9 in the morning until 11 p.m. at night when the Sunday night game was finished. So along, along with you, my first Sunday without football was kind of unique, but, you know, but I'm sure before we know it, the NFL season will be right back. For sure, man. We're going to get the draft. We're going to get the offseason. Not to mention college basketball. I mean, we're getting March Madness soon, too. And last year, we didn't even have March Madness. So I'm I'm really looking forward to that as well. So today we woke up. Today is uh, Tuesday the 16th. We woke up to some amazing news about Colonel Sanders, Mr. Perfect, Mr. Moneyman, maybe even a Legatron, Jason Sanders signs another contract with the Miami Dolphins. And Brandon, tell me a little bit more about those details. Yeah, this was a this was very this what if you're a diehard Miami Dolphins fan like you and I, this wasn't really shocking news. When I break down the num the numbers, this might come as a shock to most football fans, but along what you had mentioned about Jason Sanders he was perfect and this morning the Dolphins and Sanders agreed to a five-year 22 million dollar contract extension that includes 10 million guaranteed and this will keep him with the organization until 2026 you know let's let's keep in mind that Jason Sanders he wasn't a first round second round third round draft pick I mean this was a guy drafted 229 overall in the seventh round back in 2018 out of New Mexico this is a guy that you know, a lot of people did not really find. The Dolphins were one of those teams who found him. And you take a look at his stats this past season. How about 36 field goals made in 39 attempts? And he made all 36 of his extra points. I mean, you want to talk about one of the most important positions in the National Football League. Kickers are people, too. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. And it was exciting to see him getting extended, too, because we've seen him Basically, I guess you could say be the number two or number three guy to score points and be the Miami Dolphins offense, even even with special plays and trick plays as well. You know, we saw it back in 2019 with the two-yard touchdown to Matt Hawk. No, I believe Matt, Matt Hawk threw the touchdown pass to Jason Sanders against the Philadelphia Eagles. And again, in 2020, you know, they tried to trick play as well. But, you know, they, they were able to convert, but it was uh, – decided by a penalty that a lineman was off as well. And, you know, that could have been a play of the year. But Jason Sanders, I mean, this guy is is amazing. He's even better than Justin Tucker. 
in kudos to former Dolphins special team coach Darren Rizzi for plucking him out in the draft. And in training camp, too, he absolutely wowed everybody. I mean, I'm glad that he's a Miami Dolphin for the next five years, and I hope he retired as a Miami Dolphin and continues this perfect streak. And that was pretty bold of you to say that Jason Sanders was a, was better than Baltimore Ravens kicker Justin Tucker. I mean, the season was, he was, he was. Oh yeah, no, 100 percent. But you take a look at, at Tucker's career numbers. I mean, he's a ninety one percent kicker. He 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 connects on ninety one. I mean, think think about that for a second. A hundred a hundred percent, and he connects on ninety one percent of his field goals. You know, when your team is down, let's say twenty four twenty two. And the Dolphins have the football with two seconds left. And like flashback to that week 16 contest against the Las Vegas Raiders, right? It was oh, a back man. and forth contest. The Raiders were up 25-23. And Jason Sanders kicks a literal game-winning field goal as the time goes out. People say that, you know, kickers do not make a difference in the National Football League. Oh, yes, they, they do. Just they like do. A punter, they, too, for example. I mean, if you have a... To flip the field position. Specialists are people, two people. Come on, you got to love them. Show them the same type of love. But, you know, Jason Sanders, you know, he's entering his... When when the new 2021 NFL season kicks off, Jason Sanders will... He'll, he's only he's only been in the lead for, for three years. So if you want to compare him to the great guys like Justin Tucker and even Matt, Matt Prater, who I believe his career-long field goal was 60-plus yards. 64, I believe. Yeah, I don't necessarily want to maybe put him in that category just yet. But Jason Sanders' long field goal this year was from 56 yards, and that's pretty damn good for a professional field goal kicker. I think Jason Sanders, as good as he is, I think he's going to get even better. I Hopefully, you know, we hope he piles on uh, another type of performance in the, 20, in the 2022. Uh, well, this upcoming season, whatever year it is, I'm sorry. I'm just so excited about this Jason Sanders news. But I think he could possibly be up there with the Alindo Mares, with the Justin Tuckers, with the Matt Praters, maybe even Adam Vinatieri and Steven Goskowski, right. maybe hopefully when the Dolphins get to the Super Bowl. But let's not forget, when you mentioned that kickers do decide games, I honestly want to say that Chiefs game, if Jason Sanders didn't miss one of those kicks, we could potentially be up 30, be 30 to 31 with, I guess you could say, a minute or a minute and a half left pending everything goes okay for the Dolphins in, during the last two minutes of the fourth quarter with Tua possibly making a comeback and Sanders sealing a game. I mean, they matter, people. Correct. And I just want to point out this, this, this quick note on Jason Sanders in this past 2020 NFL season from 50 plus yards out. And Usam, you know how, how difficult it is for a professional kicker to even kick from 40 to 49 yards out. But from very difficult. Plus, Jason Sanders only missed one field goal. He was eight for nine. That's roughly 89, 89% from 50 plus. That's pretty damn good. And I definitely agree with you when the game is on the line, and you have the great kickers like Olindo Mayer, who did it back then for the Miami Dolphins, and Matt Praters, and even Steven, Goss, even Steven Gostowski, who was playing football this year. For those of you who did not know, he was on the Tennessee Titans active roster. But when he was a New England Patriot, it seemed as if, it seemed as if Gostowski never missed. He never did. 
He never did. And, you know, we hope Jason Sanders can be even better, if not, you know, the greatest kicker of all time. I know, I know I'm juicing, I'm juicing up Jason Sanders a lot and I'm hype about this, but I really do think he can be, you know, the cornerstone guy for the Dolphins in the kicker position, just like how Olindo Mare was. Um, When we move on from this Jason Sanders talk, I got to say, man, we were talking, you know, outside of this podcast, and we were pretty pissed. And I, and I mean, rightfully so, that Xavier Howard only got three defensive player of the year votes. I mean, come on, people. Come on. Three? That's it? I mean, Brandon, uh, what more does Xavier Howard need to show that he's a defensive player of the year? You know, and I don't, and I give no disrespect to the to that player who won the defensive player of the year award, and that was Rams defensive tackle Aaron Donald. He's a certified Hall of Fame player. He's one of the the toughest guys that I've seen play in the National Football League, and I've been watching professional football for a very long time, probably at the date all the way back to even before elementary school. I honestly really do not know, and you know, I. Maybe a lot of the, the, the football experts will say we don't really get to watch a lot of Dolph- Dolphins games because if you really think about it, from 2010 to 2019, were the Dolphins really relevant? I mean, they had one playoff appearance in 2016, right? But they, they, it seemed like they went through a multitude of head, of head coaches, Joe Philbin to Dan Campbell. I mean, even, in, even, even in the beginning of the 2010s, you had Todd Bowles, who was an interim head coach. Correct? And then yeah. You had- you, you flash even from Gase, and then you get Brian, Brian Flores. But it seems as if when Brian Flores was hired in February of 2019, more people paid attention to this Dolphin squad. I mean, you saw what this team did with a basically a torn-down roster, and the Dolphins literally won five games in 2019 with a, a depleted roster. And now this past season with a global pandemic going on, no offseason, no OTAs, no training camp, you insert a rookie quarterback in the middle of the season who was coming off a hip, a possibly career-ending hip injury while playing collegiate football at, at Alabama. And the Dolphins, despite missing the playoffs, won 10 games. But to allude to your point about Xavier Howard, I mean, do you forget that there was a point where Xavier Howard picked off at least one pass in four Could have been five, two, maybe even season. six. But hey. He, he, finished the, he finished the season with 10 Interception, and don't forget, he also picked off Patrick. He also picked off Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes, one-handed really on Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I honestly, and it was also a one-handed snap too. That was pretty, pretty nasty. I, I mean, what more does he does he got to get twenty interceptions? Does he got to get 30, 40 picks in a year? I mean, come on, people. But in I all, mean, but in all honesty, Usam, and you know, I if we take out all bias out of this because obviously you and I are both diehard Dolphins fans. We do a, 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 a weekly podcast. Do you believe that Xavier Howard is the best cornerback in the game of football? I'm not talking about just top three, top five. Is he solidified, bona fide, the number one cornerback? I don't want my receiver playing one-on-one coverage because on the opposite side of the field is a guy named Xavier Howard. You know, that's a tough question for me. Uh, as a Dolphins fan, I say yes, rightfully so number one, but you got to put a little bit of context behind it because if it weren't for Byron Jones, Xavier Howard would not be playing like he was this year. And add on to that, 
Jalen Ramsey would probably be the number one corner in my book because of the coverages and the press man he plays specifically on the Rams defense from last year. And he was lights out with the Jaguars as well. I would put X at number two and Jair Alexander at number three. I think Jair Alexander is very, very underrated. And Xavier Howard rightfully can be possibly a 1A option. But, you know, I'm glad he's on my team. I'm glad he's the number one cornerback on our team. And, you know, rightfully, I hope so. You know, we're getting into a lot of these discussions about Howard and his contract and about moving on from this contract maybe after, you know, after June 1st or maybe after next season. I want to ask you, do you really think the Miami Dolphins will move on from Xavier Howard? Uh, The Dolphins would be pretty – that would be a pretty clownish move to move on from a guy like Xavier Howard. And I know his his contract is fat. I believe his total value is $75,250,000. So his contract is definitely fat. But let me tell you something. When you pick off 10 – when you have 10 interceptions in a 16-game season, that's pretty damn impressive because if you – okay – Think about it like this, right? The Dolphins played 16 games this season, meaning that they played about 13, 14 different quarterbacks, right? Out of those 13, 14 quarterbacks, Xavier Howard picked off one, two, three, four, five. He picked off at least five or six or even seven different quarterbacks. I mean, think, think about that. And like I said, there was a point in time during the regular season where Howard had an interception in four consecutive games. And I can even list those games right now. Week three at Jacksonville. Week four home versus Seattle. Week five on the road against the San Francisco 49ers. And a 24-0 shutout victory in week six versus the Jets. I mean, that's great. But you also got to look at the other side of this. You know, and honestly, the Dolphins do move on from Xavier Howard. I would not be pleased, number one, because of what he's done to this defense, specifically with the press man and the coverages he's played. He's allowed the linebackers and defensive linemen to get after the quarterback and create turnovers for the team and bring the offense back to, you know, a one-score game or maybe have them in the lead. And that's the kind of impact Xavier Howard brings. But when you look at the futuristic outlook of it, specifically in the cap market and, you know, after 2022 and 2023, there are a couple of, you know, nuances that we have to look at specifically monetarily wise. You know, the Dolphins could possibly have to pay Tua Tungavailoa if he's their guy, if he, if they have to lock him up. Maybe another running back comes around where they, where they really like as well. You could have maybe possibly another Preston Williams contract. You could, you know, Christian Wilkins is coming up as well. Mike Jacecki is coming up. Jerome Baker is also coming up. You know, how many of these guys are you going to pay well to keep them and not let them leave? Now, when I'm looking at this, and this is coming from Spot Track itself, in June of 2022, one day could possibly trade him. The dead cap is only 1.4 mil. Okay. The cap savings is nearly $13 million extra in which you can get, you know, another free agent. Or if you trade him post June 1st and and he plays like he did last year, imagine the draft haul and the assets you could get for Xavier Howard. Now, let me ask you this. If it came to the numbers, 
And if he doesn't necessarily do the same type of play he did like last season, maybe a little bit less, maybe let's say six picks, couple passes defended. Would you necessarily trade him? I honestly really don't see any valuable point in getting rid of a, a dynamic player like Xavier Howard. But I mean, hey, we could be as crazy as the Houston Texans who gave away Deon, DeAndre Hopkins for, I really don't even remember the, the bag of Dorito chips. But listen, Chris Greer is not like Bill O'Brien. Chris no. Greer is the guy who facilitated the Laramie Tunso trade. And look where we are now. We're debating weekly about whether, you know, we should trade those picks for Deshaun Watson. Should we maybe grab Panay and then maybe with one of our picks trade up and get Devonta Smith or Jalen Waddle? I mean, you have a plethora of options with those draft assets and picks. And let me tell you this from a scouting perspective. There are a couple guys who maybe within the next year or so who the Dolphins are going to be looking at, especially on the cornerback side, and they'll be scratching their heads like, hmm, you know, this guy's going to be cheap if we draft him. He could be the guy kind of like X. Should we? Should we not? And it's going to be a decision up to the front office, basically. And I'm just pointing it out there. Look, I would not like to see Xavier Howard traded. But, hey, the NFL is a business. It might happen. And, you know, speaking of Xavier Howard, how about we talk about Miami's other cornerback in Byron Jones, who, you know, when the Dolphins were able to grab him in March of 2020 via free agency, the talk was, is he able to play up to his, to his uh, stability? I mean, I believe he had a couple of in, injury concerns, and he hasn't picked off a pass since 2016. Well, that changed, I believe, and, that, and I believe he, cha- he was able to change that against Patrick Mahomes because Mahomes threw a season-high three interceptions in that football game, which it's pretty funny because for some reason I'm, like, I'm like kind of obsessed with watching those, with, with those highlights. I don't know if it's because the Dolphins were able to jump off to a quick 10-0 lead in the second quarter or picking off an elite quarterback like Patrick Mahomes three times. I don't know what it is, but there's just something about that game that I'm just so infested into watching at least two or three times per week. It's because, well, he did get his uh, second interception and basically doubled his total for his career against Josh Allen. Well, we all know how that game went down. And, you know, he did get injured in the first Buffalo game. And we really did see his impact being out. Uh, His groin injury did you know, bug him for a couple weeks. Right. And, we, and we saw Noah Igbenogany get torched by Stefan Diggs. And Stefan Diggs has been torching everybody. Stefan Diggs has tortured a lot of court CBs this, this year. He, he has been, and rightfully so. He's the number one wide receiver in the league from last season. Right. Uh, Byron Jones, you know, with his contract, I think he's the fifth most cornerback contract. And I think X is number, number six. With his contract, rightfully so, he did play like how the Miami Dolphins defensive staff wanted him to play. To shadow either a team's number one or number two receiver, you know, hold him to what you can, let X do his thing. And rightfully so, they did for a majority of the games. But, you know, there were a couple of plays in a couple of crucial games where you were just like, man, why did he do that? Or, man, he, he could have been a little bit better with his technique or his timing or maybe even his hands as well, not to draw, you know, those PI or those holding calls as well. But that's sure. that's every quarterback as well, even even Nick Needham as well. You know, we saw the Week 17 game against Buffalo. It wasn't pretty, but we hope, you know, he can return back 
to his natural form, like how he did in uh, 2019 and this season. You know, he was a great nickel as well, and I hope and we hope he gets much better. And you know, I have hope for this uh, cornerback tandem and this trio as well. But we're looking at the draft coming up, and there's three guys potentially the Dolphins could be looking at if they do decide to move on from Xavier Howard this year or do some type of massive Laramie Tunsil trade as well. We have, you know, a guy who is the son of Pat, the progeny of Pat Sertain from Alabama himself. It's Pat Sertain the second. Do you, I mean, Brandon, I, we're both young to say we watch the Sertain and Madison duo, but do you realize how big and how legendary this is to have another Sertain in the draft? Any, I mean, hey, his father played for the Dolphins. Now let's say his son plays for the Miami Dolphins in the near future. That would be, that would be pretty special. It's sort of like Jason Taylor, who I believe his son currently plays high school football at St. Thomas. St. Thomas Aquinas. Yeah, so it, it's it's sort of something like let's say Jason Taylor's son many years down down the road gets selected <laughs> by the Miami Dolphins. But I just want to go back to something real quick when we were discussing about the different cornerbacks and Xavier Howard and Nick Needham and Byron Jones. This is, I mean, the Miami Dolphins front office, this is why Xavier Howard gets paid over $70 million a year, right? They, 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 this is why Byron Jones gets paid over $80 million a year because their primary goal is to shadow the best of the best, to shadow guys like DeAndre Hopkins, to shadow guys like Tyreek Hill, to shadow your number one or your even number two receiver. And if you take a look at those 16 games in 2020, and I'm speaking just about Xavier Howard for right now, I really don't there weren't really that many errors. I mean, yes, there were some deep, uh, defensive pass interference calls that went on Howard. But, hey, it's National Football League. It's, it's, it's one of the toughest competitive sports. I mean, you're going to get a, a defensive pass interference call every now and then. I don't think necessarily a lot of us should be looking at how many flags were drawn on him. I think we should be looking at the 10 interceptions in 16 games and say, mm-hmm. I mean, you haven't really seen something like that maybe since Antonio Cromartie. Yeah, you have it. And let me tell you this, Sertain doesn't draw a lot of flags either. So that's pretty, pretty noteworthy. He's, he's got his father's DNA and rightfully so he's long, mm-hmm. he's tall, he's rangy. I mean, this oozes just, just, just gives me the jitters just looking at his film. Because he fits the Dolphins' defense exactly because they play a lot of cover one. They play a lot of press man. And he uses his frame and physique to bully wide receivers on the line of scrimmage and disrupt the route to to make interceptions. Or, as we say in football, the tip drill where another defender catches that interception. I want to bring the point of, yeah, he doesn't really draw any flags because he doesn't use his hands as well he instead uses his eyes to watch the cornerback and the body and the hip movements of the pass catchers and wide receivers he's very patient and he doesn't even bite on separation moves when a guy who doesn't bite on separation moves i mean that's really unheard of i mean you might see it with xavier howard you might see it with jalen ramsey and jair alexander but he doesn't let a wide receiver separate, you know, gain that yak. And that's the kind of defensive back the Dolphins really, really rely on because he can make the tackle in space and understand different types of coverages where he can attack 
the ball and attack the receiver and limit his effectiveness. And, you know, Patrick Sertan really – Patrick Sertan the second, I should say, wouldn't really be a bad pick. I mean, he's, he's listed as 6'2". And don't, and don't forget, he would have great connection to the Miami Dolphins because he went to high school at American Heritage, which I believe is like 20, 25 minutes from Hard Rock Stadium. Yeah, and you know what's crazy too? His type of game is not like his dad's. It's actually another Miami Dolphins cornerback. And you guys might be surprised of this, but he mirrors and shows flashes like Byron Jones as well. So if you have two, basically two Byron Joneses on your team, I think you'll be okay. You'll be okay, but come on, this is pending. Something happens with Xavier Howard. Right. Now, there's another cornerback as well, who's also a legacy defensive back as well. His dad played in the NFL, and this is J.C. Horn from South Carolina. He's the son of former pro bowler. Joe Horn, you know, he's big, he's long, he's athletic, he's physical, he's aggressive as well. He can play press man, he can play zone coverage, and he can do everything, even run block as well. He's very versatile as he can play as a nickelback. He can, you know, be a perimeter corner. He can, I guess, if you really, really wanted to juice him up a little bit, he could be the dime backer as well. Now, certainly he might not have the body type of a linebacker, but, you know, he can make plays in space. Uh, I watched his tape against Auburn, Seth Williams, and Seth Williams is, is a pretty good wide receiver as well. And he dominated, I mean, absolutely dominated Seth Williams in that game. And you could see his confidence shining throughout that game. And it it reminded me of Darrell Revis. And I know that's a big thing to say, but he put himself on the spotlight. And remember, Darrell Revis was very fluid in his hip movements and he had a great feet. And that's the exact same thing J.C. Horn can do. And I think while he hasn't hit his floor as a cornerback yet, his ceiling could be like Darrell Revis is, you know, he's very physical at the catch point. And, you know, he might not have the hands to bring the ball down. And he's not the ball hawk. With technique and coaching, he can be. No, I mean, yeah, I, I, I definitely, you know, I definitely really don't necessarily see the cornerback position being a main focus in this upcoming draft. But, of course, like we're saying right now, this is obviously all pending this is if the Dolphins make a shocking move and whether they want to just flat out release Xavier Howard or even get some comp compensation back for Xavier Howard. I really don't necessarily see it playing out. I mean, a, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people, uh, NFL world, I guess you, you can say, say that when a professional player gets awarded that second contract, they really don't perform to that second contract capability. But at Xavier Howard, I mean, when he was awarded that contract in May of 2019, he was he's he's played nothing like it. I mean, it, he's played everything like it. Excuse me. Uh, even look at wide receiver Devon Devonte Parker. He was awarded a second contract, and he had a career year in 2019, over 1,000 receiving yards. So you never know. I mean, I definitely agree with you as well. At the NFL, it's 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 a it's a fast changing, fast paced business. It it is, and the the NFL is a business, you know. Likely, the Miami Dolphins do not move on from him this year, not even next year. I don't see it that way. 
but it's really fun to to think about these things you know you look at you look at the assets that they can gain you know what kind of defensive structure might shift what kind of players they could look to bring along in free agency maybe even during the draft as well kind of like how we spoke about today but let me ask you this Brandon do you think the Dolphins secondary will be like last season or if not better or do you think they might regress you know, I that would honestly have to be a question that you can pretty much ask me when I pretty much know the full 2021 regular season schedule. <laughs> you know, I'm one of those type I'm I'm one of those types of journalists that like to wait until that full 2020 20, excuse me, 2021 schedule is released where I can dissect every single team. I mean, obviously, as we all know, the Dolphins will see the Bills, the Jets, and the Patriots twice, one on the road and one at Hard Rock Stadium. But I want to see the other opponents because, number one, I believe the Dolphins do play Jacksonville. Will Trevor Lawrence be the quarterback in Duval County? And I believe the Dolphins also play Tam- Tampa Bay. So it looks like the Dolphins will, will get a visit to the reigning defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So there's a lot of tough teams on the schedule. There's a lot of tough wide receivers that the Dolphins secondaries that have to keep their toes on. And I'm interested to see the most if Nick Needham or even a guy like Brandon Jones – are these guys going to become full-time every-down starters? Yeah, for sure. And it, it's going to be fun. You know, we're going to have to see what free agency brings. We're going to have to see what the draft brings as well. And Finn Maniacs listeners, thank you so much for listening. And if you guys are new, make sure you follow our Twitter handles. I'm uh, air at AirXAlpha1721, AirXAlpha1721. And uh, Brandon, shout out your Twitter for us, please. So my official Twitter page is at capital B, and then everything else is lowercase. So capital B, R-A-N-D-O-N, capital R, and then my full last name, which is Ligori, so capital L, and then lowercase I-G-U-O-R-I. I haven't really been active on Twitter as much lately because I've just been so slammed, you know, typical college life. I'm currently taking four classes and stuff, you know, so I haven't really been able to pay as attention on Twitter. But, you know, I promise that when I have more time and I'm – and I, you know, I was able to actually go on it a couple times last week. But anytime that I get a, a, a new follow request, I always follow you guys back. You know, I'm always willing to meet new people around the the, uh, the football world and even connect with any impossible Dolph- Dolphins fan too. And you know, I like to interact with you, talk to you guys, maybe even send you a private DM. And you know, you guys have been asking me a couple questions, you know, through the Fin Maniacs Instagram account and through my personal DMs as well. And you know. A lot of these great points that the fans bring up, we actually talk about it on our podcast either after or maybe even beforehand where we answer their questions. So, you know, if you guys want, you could actually shout us out and let us know on Twitter or maybe even the DMs. Hey, this is the question I have. Do you think maybe you guys could answer it on the pod? And we'd be more than happy, you know, to an- answer it for you guys as well. You know, we love you guys and we love it that you guys listen to us. So, Brandon, thank you for being an amazing co-host. Yeah, of course, buddy. Thank you, I'm Hassan Patel, and as always, guys, fins up.